Well, today, man, happy Father's Day. One more time, just get a big cheer up for all our dads in the house. A lot of men here today, and man, we had a tremendous amount of fathers and men in the first service. I couldn't believe how many guys were here in the first service today. Have a good crowd of men as well in this service. We are today, I, I want to talk about something that, some messages I know inspire you, some messages I know are there to challenge you, some messages are to convict you, some messages are here to equip you. Uh, today I believe it's one of those equipping messages. I want to help mentor because I know in this room today that several people in this room, the majority of the people in this room, you're not raised in church. The majority of the pe- people in this room are not raised in church, we're not raised by Christian families, we're not raised by at least traditional Christian families. And some of you today were raised without a father. Some of you were raised by maybe an aunt or an uncle or raised uh, with grandparents. And uh, so today, you know, we, we talk about something that I feel like we need to talk about. And I also want to do it in a way that helps train you and equip you and mentor you on the thought on how to bless your kids. So we're going to talk about that today, on how to bless your kids. How many know that you want to bless your kids? Anybody here want to bless your kids? We can all agree on that, right? We can all agree that we want to bless our kids. Uh, But I think when we ask the question, how do you do that, our answers will probably differ. I mean, every family, according to how you was raised, you probably have different concepts, different ideas on what it means to bless your kids. For some people, especially a lot of dads in this room, the way men think in our brain is, well, if I'm providing for them, if I'm giving them things, what they need food, shelter, you know, and taking care of them and able to help them maybe get a set of wheels or if I'm able to help them get to college, if I'm able to help them with the retirement account later, whatever it is, we think that this is a way of blessing our kids. And there's nothing wrong with those things. And if you're able to do those things for your children, we say congratulations. There's nothing wrong with that, okay? There's nothing wrong with that at all. But what I'm saying is when it comes right down to it, when it comes to blessing our kids, it goes deeper than that. When it comes to leaving a blessing for our kids, it goes much deeper than that. It's about how we're shaping them. It's about how we're shaping them for their life. Matter of fact, I want you to answer this question. When it comes to our children, am I shaping them to discover their God-given purpose in life? That's the question we've got to ask ourselves. Am I shaping my kids? Am I shaping the children, my grandchildren? the ones God's placed in my care? Am I shaping them to discover their God-given purpose in life? That's why here at the, when we dedicate our children to the Lord, we make it very clear that we are simply saying, God, even at a young age, our babies, we're saying we want to say whatever you want to do with their life, we say yes. We're saying yes to your will, yes to what you want. Because when it comes right down to it, How many know we've all got our own ideas of what we want our kids to turn out to be? We've all got our own preconceived conceptions of what we would like our kids to to, to do. You know, before we have boys, we already think, well, my boy grows up, he's going to do this, he's going to play this, he's going to lift this much, he's going to drive this kind of car, he's going to have this kind of job, or he's going to take over the family business, or my daughter's going to grow up, she's going to sing, she's going to do this, or she's going to do that. And we got all these preconceived ideas that once you have kids, I'll tell you what, what I learned was this. I was an expert on how to raise kids until I had kids. Anybody understand that thought? I was an expert on how to raise kids until I actually had kids. 
And so once I had kids, I realized, man, I don't know what I'm doing. I really don't. And I've made a lot of mistakes. I can tell you, I've made a ton, ton of mistakes over the years when it comes to parenting. But I, having five kids, I finally have got a lot of practice in. And I think there's some things I can give you today that will be very beneficial, no matter where you're at in your stage of life, whether you're a mom, you're a dad, or you're a grandparent, or aunt or uncle, anybody here who's interacting with kids and got place uh, children in, and preteens and teenagers in your house, I believe i got something today that's going to really help you. So we're going to talk about this thought about blessing our kids. You know, I want to refer to the story we'll find in Genesis, uh, the story of, of Isaac, Rebekah, Esau, and Jacob. Now we see Isaac and Re- Rebekah are married, and now they have sons, Esau and Jacob. Remember, they're being, being born, twin boys being born, and uh, Esau is born first, and Jacob's hanging on, and they're hanging on and fighting over who's going to get out, the Bible says, but Esau comes out first. Now according to Scripture, that when Esau was born, that because he was the firstborn, he receives the first birthright blessing of the father and uh, we see because of that he automatically bonded with his dad so Esau becomes daddy's boy and we see where Jacob begins to get nurtured by mom well you know someone's got to take care of Jacob she's looking out for Jacob and Jacob becomes mom's boy but the word of God says that Esau was born he was kind of guy he was very hairy he was the kind of guy that when he went to the beach and took his shirt off, you know, he already had a wool sweater on his back already. He was a big, burly, hairy guy. Now, Esau was, was hairy, and then it says that you know, Jacob wasn't quite so hairy. He was more smooth, like a triathlete, you know, the smooth. And so they had this thing going on where they know the blessing's coming. Jacob is entering to his last years of life, and he's getting close to his death. And so as tradition, he would cast a blessing upon the oldest son, and his birthright and pronounce blessing over him. And we see in the story where Jacob calls them together and uh, he's ready to do this. So Esau goes out to go hunting for dad. He's going to go hunt, bring back, cook the food, and give it to his dad, and his dad's going to bless him. Well, when he goes out to hunt, Rebecca says, hey, psst, Jacob, come here. All right. Esau's hunting. Now's your chance. And it's like a mom who's just trying to get involved in the business of something she shouldn't do. But she's like, come here. This is something you can do. All right. Listen, your dad's going blind. This is what we're going to do. We'll take some of the wool off the lamb. We'll put it on you. You'll seem really hairy. We'll make it smell like you've been out hunting. And when you go to talk to your dad, he's going to think that you're actually Jacob. He'll think that you're actually Esau. And so he'll pronounce blessing over you. I'll cook something up. You take it to him. He'll eat it. He'll bless you. And before your brother gets back, you can get the blessing. And so we see the story happening here. Now let's pick it up here in verse 21. And then Isaac said to Jacob, come closer to me so I can touch you and make sure that you really are Esau. So Jacob went closer to his father and Isaac touched him. And then the rest of the story goes on that he, he said, are you really, are you really Esau? You, I don't know if you are or not. So he's feeling up, oh yeah, he's hairy like him. He's, you smell like him, all right. And so then he pulls him close. Verse 26 says he pulls him close and he gives him a kiss and then he begins to bless him. Now, we see this happening here in the story. What I want you to get in the story is this, that Jacob deceived his father. Jacob deceived his father and tricked him into giving the blessing. What Jacob did was very wrong. But what Isaac did was very right. Hear me again. What Jacob did was very wrong, but the blessing of the kid was very right. There's something about us taking time to bless our children. There's something about us taking time to pronounce blessing over our kids. And laying our hands on our kids and bless them. 
that is so biblical and so right of God that he wants us to bless our children. I'm going to give you some ways today, and we're going to look at the story, and I want to give you some ways today, some practical things that we can do, according to Scripture as well, that we can do to bless our kids. Number one, I want you to write this down. I will, when it comes to blessing my kids, I will hug and kiss my kids. I will hug and kiss my kids. Verse 26 says that he pulled them close and he, he kissed them. Now, look at this. Dads, your physical touch is so important to your kids. I know that for many guys in this room, you were not raised in a way where you're, you're huggers, especially even maybe kissers on the cheek, kiss your kids on the cheek. Maybe you kiss your daughter on the cheek, but maybe you don't take time to kiss your daughter, you know, but maybe you don't take time to kiss your son on the cheek. And, but it's so important, your physical touch, actually reaching out, touching your children, bringing them close to you, hugging them, kissing them, especially when they're young. And it's all right. If you didn't do it when they're young, you can begin to do it when they're older. Pulling them close and kissing them, letting them know that you love them and bless them. Something very empowering to that. There's something about that when you do that. Some people around here say, you know what? It'll make my boy soft if I kiss and hug on him. I'm not going to do that. I can tell you this. I've got two big boys and another one coming along. And I hug and kiss on every one of them. And they can't stand it. I sneak into their room when they're about to go to bed and they're laying down because I don't want to reach them anymore because they're getting so bigger than I am. And I reach over and I hug them and I kiss them on the cheek and they said, will you please stop? The other day I did that and my son said, what are you doing? This is no lie. What are you doing? I said, I'm hugging you, son. I tell you I love you and kiss you goodnight. And I went over and did his brother the same way and his brother said, promise me you'll never do that again. <laughs> and I walk out of the room. You know, I walk out of the room and they think, they like it. They like it. They'll never admit to it in a thousand years. But there's something about their dad taking time to hug him and let them know he loves them. Now, do I do it in front of their friends anymore? No, I'm probably not going to do it in front of their friends anymore. But you know what? My girls, I'll do it all the time. And my girls know how much I love them. And I, I hug them and I kiss on them. And even my 22-year-old, she won't go to bed tonight. She's coming and hugs her dad and gets a kiss from her dad. Why? Because she needs that. Listen, fathers, our, our girls need the touch from a father. They need to know that you love them. Let them know that you see the beauty in them. And let them know that you love them and give them that affection. There's something about the power of hugging and kissing our kids. It's a God-given gift you have to your, to your kids to give it to them. Let them feel that touch. Let them feel that love. It's, it's embrace. Sometimes, you ever been in the service when you feel the embrace of the Father? A while ago, I, I felt that. I felt God's loving arms around me. I, I felt the presence, the sweet presence of the Holy Spirit. And I can tell you, it encourages me. It, it feels me. Same thing happens when, when we put our hands around our children and we love them. And we hug them. And we even give them a kiss on the cheek and let them know, man, we love you. It, it does something to them. I wonder how many of us... Maybe when you're having problems with your children, whether it be teenage children or older adult children, that could be all be solved if we just would simply reach out and give a hug. What would happen to break down walls? Some of you here are struggling with some of your adult children relationships. I wonder what would happen if you simply went in and gave a hug. Could God use that to begin to start softening their heart and softening your heart? Could he use that to help repair a bridge that has been broken? I did tell him we need, our girls need to know that dad loves them. They need to know that first and foremost, they don't have to go looking for love in different places. 
They don't have to go looking for love and affirmation for some guy that their dad loves them enough and he's raising the standard up in their life. That he loves them. He sees the beauty in them. They should be picky about the guys they're dating. They should be picky and say, man, does he meet up to my dad's standard? Does he meet up to the way my dad loves me? My dad shows me. It's important that we do it. Look at this text first. Genesis 27, verses 28 and 29. Now he calls them near. He begins to pronounce the blessing over him. Look what he says. From the dew of heaven and the richness of the earth, may God always give you abundant harvest of grain and bountiful new wine. May many nations come, become your servants. May they bow down to you. May you be the master over your brothers. And may your mother's sons bow down to you. All who curse you will be cursed. And all who bless you will be blessed. What was Jacob doing? He was simply doing this. He was, Isaac was I mean, speaking over Jacob. He was speaking this. He was speaking words, positive words. Look at number two. I will speak positive words over my children. I will speak positive words over my children. When it comes to blessing your kids, you've got to learn how to speak it out. Speak positive words. Pastor TJ even titled this a few weeks ago. The, the power of our words, the power of speaking it out by faith. We've got to release it in the atmosphere over our children. If you've ever heard me teach before, you know in the past I've taught that it takes 15 positive statements to overcome one negative statement. And so when your kids are at school getting negative statements said about them, picked on them, you know how kids can be. Man, think about how, how much we have our work cut out for us when it comes to when they get home, to building them back up, speaking value back into their lives, speaking over them. We've got to learn how to speak positive over our children. Let them know you believe in them. Don't belittle them. Don't use something to, to send a verbal curse over them. Don't let yourself go that far. Listen, I'm not talking about going to your kids and lying to them, okay? If they're not a good singer, don't lie to them. Say, oh, you're the best singer in the whole world, okay? Don't set your kids up for disappointment, okay? If they, if they go out for football and they're not that good, don't lie to them. Say, oh, you're the best player in the city. You're the best player on the team. Man, you're awesome. You know, you can speak positive words without lying to them. You can say, man, I love your effort. Nobody out-hustles you. I love your attitude. I love your coachables. You're such a team player. You know, you can speak positive words over him. You know, I see greatness in you. I see that God's got a plan for your life. I see that God's got a great destiny for you. God's going to use you. God's going to use you in a great way. And speak over them and let them know that God's got a plan for their life. And God's wanting to use them. Come against any negative thoughts that are going their way. And you speak life over them. Don't tell them the bad things. Don't belittle them just because they don't like what you like. We're real good at that, right? When they don't like the things we like and we're interested in, then we can automatically start belittling them. If they don't like cars, and they don't belittle them because they don't like cars. If they don't like a certain sport, don't belittle them because they don't like that certain sport. But find out what they're good at. Find out what their interests are and speak over them and help God prepare them to pull out the destiny He's shaping them into. Listen, I know we got preconceived ideas and dreams for our kids, but we want them to unlock God's dream for their life, not our dream. As much as we want to have good dreams for them, the most important thing is our kids feel like, you know what, I'm unlocking God's dream for my life. And that comes when I speak over them the things of God. I speak the positive things of God over them. 
Listen, don't get caught up in a moment of a mistake that you speak damaging words that will follow your kids for the rest of your life. Don't get caught up in a, a moment that you get frustrated and you speak out something to them that's going to follow them around the rest of their life. Don't speak and say words like, you will never. And speak something that will be damaging to them that will follow them around even into their adulthood. No. Let's be people who speak positive things, unlocking the God dreams, unlocking the God potential. Our children are God, have a God-given destiny. And parents, it's our job to begin to speak over them, unlocking that in their heart and spirit, and say, God's got a great plan for your life. Can I get amen? Amen. Number three, I will stay pliable. Turn to your neighbor and say, stay pliable. Now, this can be a really hard one for, for, for dads, guys. Dads, moms is not so much hard, but dads, we can really struggle with this because we set down the law, and the law is the law, right? We set down the rules, and the rules are the rules. And if we're not careful, we'll find ourselves picking battles. Listen, we need rules, but pick your battles, okay? We need rules, but learn to pick your battles, don't damage your relationship with your children on something that won't matter when they're 25. Follow me again. Don't damage your relationship with your children on something that won't matter when they're 25. I know I believe in staking the ground and making a stand and say we've got guidelines and all this, but some things are really not worth dying on the hill for, okay? Some things are, but some things aren't. You've got to learn to pick your battles. Listen, hairstyles are going to come and go. Their hairstyle is really not going to matter right now. Like in 20, when they're 25, you're going to look back and laugh and say, boy, remember when you had that stupid hairstyle? <laughs> I tried to tell you. Hair color, hairstyle, those things, the way they dress, you dress just as crazy as they did. I've seen some of your pictures. And matter of fact, it's all coming back in style right now anyway. So if you don't like the way your kids are dressed, they're probably wearing the same thing you were wearing back in the 80s, early 90s. Things, listen, don't pick your battle. Don't die on something that's not going to matter when they're 25 years old. We can draw the line and say, the rules are rules. And I said, no, I, I'm all for having rules, all for having guidelines. But sometimes we've got to learn to give and be pliable and say, you know what? I'm not going to fall on the sword on something that's really not going to be important six months from now. Sometimes it's not going to matter a year from now. What's going to matter when they're 25 is that they see dad as a person who could be pliable, as a person who didn't always agree with them, but loved them anyway, corrected them in love, gave them grace when they didn't deserve it. Stay in pliable. Stay in pliable. It's important that we stay pliable. Listen. You've got to care about the closeness of your relationship you're building now so it lasts when they get to be an adult. Don't be afraid to apologize for your mistakes. I can't tell you how many times I've had to go to my kids and say, you know what? I blew it. I blew it. I blew it. I didn't handle that situation right. I flew off the handle. I said some things I shouldn't have said. I was harder on you than I needed to be. And I, I blew it. I've gone to my kids and I've asked them to forgive me. And apologize. You know what they did? Well, Dad, it's about time. Give me your belt. No, they didn't do that. <laughs> Come here, Hayden. 
not my Instagram. I can tell you this. There's been times I had to sit by this guy right here and his other kids and say, you know what, Dad blew it. Man, I, I lost it. I said some things I shouldn't have said. Put your hand on my shoulder. And this kid will smile at me and say, Dad, it's okay. We forgive you. And I can tell you that I've never once had a, ever one, any of them reject that. Matter of fact, it's softened the moment. It's healed what's happened, the damage that's been done, and God took that apology and healed what the relationship was being damaged because I overreacted on something I shouldn't have done. Thanks, son. Listen, there's never, never a moment when, Dad, sometimes we've got to be pliable, and sometimes we're going to blow it, and we do. I've blown it, you've blown it. Moms, you've blown it. And when you do, it's all right. Just to, your kids are not going to see you as weak because you go and say, you know what? I blew it. I didn't handle this right. I should have handled this better. They will respect you more. You'll see value going up in their eyes even more. Don't be afraid. Number four, I will play with my kids. I will play with my kids. Listen, dads, your kids need time with you. How do I bless my kids? Your kids need time with dad. God, show me how to bless my kids. Your kids need time with dad. How do I train my, I don't know how to, my kids need time with dad. They need that. They need time with mom as well. They need time. They need time with you. I can tell you this. I, I can remember of all the gifts I received at Christmas and birthdays or growing up, I can really remember only about a handful, about a handful of gifts that really were like, man, I remember when I got that thing. Not that many things I remember that really I can still remember. Even though I got stuff all my birthdays and got stuff, you know, given to me at different times of my life, I don't really remember that many of them. But I can tell you I have a lot more memories of times my dad and mom took time to spend with me. The times we went fishing. The times we went camping. The times we went to Six Flags. The times we went to the park. The times we went out and exploring. The times we went out and did things together. The times we went out and played ball in the yard. The times we went out and walked. The times we went on a family back ride. The times we went out and did crazy stuff. I remember one time my dad said, come on, let's go swimming. And he took us and he drove me down to the lake and he took me to a spot I didn't know was there. It was a cliff about 15 feet high. And he said, we're going to jump off the cliff for the first time. I've never done this before. I was almost scared. And my dad takes this big inner tube and he throws it out in the middle. He says, all right, son, dive through that. <laughs> I'm like, dive through that? You dive through that. He goes, you don't think I can do it? No. My dad gets up there and he swan dives. Shoo, perfectly dives through this inner tube. I'm like, dad, I didn't even think you could fit through that inner tube. <laughs> More or less, I didn't even know my dad could dive. I didn't know he could swim. More or less dive and hit a target from that far up. I was so impressed. I'm like, how'd you get your stomach through that into Dad? You better grease that thing up with some Crisco before you jump. We'll never get you out of that too. But I remember being so impressed. And I just, even today, I remember it like it was yesterday, the day we spent out there on the lake together. I remember it like yesterday. I can't remember where I parked my car when I go to Walmart. But I can remember everything about that day. Why? Because my dad took time to spend with me. Parents, it's important. 
Would you take time? You want to bless your kids? Spend time with them. Listen, it's not just about what you can give them. It's about spending that time with them. That's how you bless your kids. Spend time with them. Speak into them. Let them know about your history. Let them know about your childhood. Let them know about some of your happy memories. Let them know about things that you did growing up. I mean, I would spend time. I believe God has called me to educate all my kids on everything that's right about the 80s. I believe it was my job to introduce them to some of the great 80s hair bands. And I, it was my job to introduce them to some of the great 80s movies. And I remember they were like, oh, what's nothing to do or something to watch? And I'd go get movies like Ferris Bueller and Back to the Future and Top Gun and let them experience for the first time. And they're like, wow, this is cool, Dad. Yeah. I remember one time I bought this, this whole DVD box set and gave it to my kids, my boys, when they were really young. They were like, what is this? This is so dumb. We went, this is so stupid. This is like old show. What's this Dukes of Hazard stuff? They watched one episode and I couldn't get them to stop. They watched it for hours upon hours and they loved every minute of it. There's something about boys. They just loved that show. And we connected and I was able to share about my childhood. Our kids need us. Listen, how do I want to bless my kids? Spending time with dad. Spending time with mom. They need us. This is how we spend time. Blessing our kids. They need us. Number five, I will pray over my kids. I will pray over my kids. It's important that we learn how to pray over our children. I can't tell you that the times, so many times that I've went up and down my kids' bedrooms at night or in the morning and I've just laid hands on the door. I've laid hands on their bed when they've been asleep. and They've been asleep. They didn't even know what I was doing. And they're praying over my kids, speaking over my kids, praying over them. Why? Because I believe that God has given me spiritual authority as head of the household. God has given me a spiritual authority where I can pray over my children. Dads, learn to pray over your kids. Speak the things of God over them. Walk in your spiritual authority. Pray over your kids. I don't, just speak it, man. Come on, do it. Speak it. God, I, I pray blessing over my kids. Be with them as they go to school tomorrow. God, help them with that test. God, help them with that, with that problem they're facing. God, help them in this relationship. God, help them on the team. God, help them with what's going on in their life. God, help them know that you are number one in their life. Help them to know that all things can come through you in the relationship that comes through the Father. God, help them to know they're children of the King and the treasure they are. I'm praying over them, praying over them. Look, look at this next verse. Later on in Jacob's life, he's on the run. Now, remember after that happened, Esau's trying to kill him, so he had to run for his life. He's been running for a long time. Now he's a grown man. Let's pick it up in verse 28 of chapter 32 of Genesis. Remember he's wrestling. Remember when Jacob was wrestling with the angel of the Lord. And when the man saw that he would not win the match, he took... Jacob's hip. He touched his hip. Wrished it out of socket. Knocked it out of socket. Then the man said, let me go for the dawn is breaking. But look at Jacob's response. Jacob said, no, I will not let you go unless you what? Let's again. I will not let you go unless you bless me. Jacob said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. Let me ask you the question. Where did Jacob learn the power of blessing? His father, right? Even in Jacob's mistake, even in Jacob's deception, 
he learned something about the power of the Father's blessing. To the point where he says, you know what? I want to change. And God, I'm not letting go until you bless me. I'm not letting go until you bless me. He wouldn't let go until he, his father had blessed him. Do our kids desire God to bless them? Do our kids really desire for God to bless them? Are we teaching our kids the power of praying over them? And do our kids know that they hang on to the Lord until he blesses you? That when you're at your darkest moment and when you're at your wit's end and you don't know what to do, that you know what, just hang on until God blesses you. Get a hold of the Lord. Get to the altar. Get to a place of prayer. Get to a place and say, God, I need more of you. God, I don't know what to do next. But God, I'm not letting go until you bless me. Where does he learn that from? Mom and dad. Listen, mom and dad, we got to lead that by example to our kids that we say, God, I'm not letting go until you bless me. God, I'm going through some things in my life that are struggling, but God, I'm not letting go until you bless me. Our kids need to know that mom and dad are hungry. Our mom and dad depend upon God to bless them and to lead them. And they see that in their life. And when they're going through something in their life and they're not living the way they need to live, that they say, you know what, I don't know what needs to change, but I know one thing. I'm not letting go until God blesses me. I'm not letting go. I've got, I've got a limp. I've been running, and I've got a limp. But you know what? I'm not letting go until God, until you bless me. God, I'm not letting go until I, I touch God's garment. I'm not letting go until I feel God changing me and touching me from the inside out. Do our kids really know this and desire this? This is how we bless them. We bless them by letting them see this in us, and we're teaching them, praying over them, and we're teaching our kids. Do our kids desire God to bless them. Do our kids really desire this? Are we cultivating this kind of thirst in their soul? Are we cultivating? I mean, when we come to church, our kids just say, you know what? Man, my parents go after it, man. They, they want to worship the Lord. They, they surrender their life to God. They can't wait to worship. They can't wait to worship. And when they're in the car or in their home, man, they, they know that they've got to spend time in God's presence. They need God to, to touch them. They need to, to get a hold of the Lord. We've got to model that for our kids. We've got to model that for our grandchildren. We've got to model that and let them know that there's something more. And it's more than just coming and walking out, staying the same. But it's leaving changed in Jesus' name. And God, I don't want to leave until you bless me. God, I don't want to leave until you change me. God, I don't want to leave. Teaching our kids, cultivating this in them. This is how we raise up our kids to be blessed of the Lord. And the last thing I want to throw in here before we close. I will teach my kids to serve in the local church. I will teach my kids to serve in the local church. You know, it does my heart great when I see uh, young people who come here, teenagers and college students who can move here from out of town, and they're going to school at one of our local colleges, and they visit and say, man, Pastor Gene or... Some, one of the other pastors, I've been coming here, I love it. How can I get involved in serving? It's like second nature to them. They just, I'm coming to church, so how do I get involved to serve? I think, man, there's something right about that family. There was something right about the way they were raised that even when they moved out of town and went to a brand new church, the, one of the first questions they're asking is, how can I get in and serve? How can I get involved? How can I serve? So there's something in that family, I can guarantee you go back and talk to that individual. Majority of them, I guarantee you, have a strong root with their family. Serve with joy the local church. There should be something about serving. We should get our children and teach them now the joy of serving the local church body. About being involved in the local church and serving with joy. When it's your time to greet and you come to greet 
And you get the family together. That's our time to come greet. I don't know why I'm greeting. Ain't nobody ever smiling at me anyway. They don't like me. I can't believe it. It's our time. Let's go. Come on, get the car. Let's get out there. Go. Our kids are going to learn things like that. But when you get up and say, you know what? Guess what? It's our family's turn to greet tomorrow. We get to go to the house of the Lord. We get to shake new people's hands. And we get to greet people with a smile and welcome them to the house of the Lord. And brighten people's day up and give people hugs and shake their hand. This is going to be cool. Bring your kids with you. Let them help you. Let them get a hunger for that, a taste of that. Let them know what it is to serve. Let them know if you're cleaning the church, bring your kids with them. Many of you do that. You serve on the clean team. And I love it when I come down here and, and you got your kids with you, helping you serve. It's important. It's important because you're training them up to be part. Listen, the blessing is going to come when they're serving. So this is how you're teaching your kids to walk in blessing by serving. Serving the one that the, we call the bride of Christ, the body of Christ. That's us. Serving the local church they're in. When they move away and they go to another town, they go to school, or they move away for a job, I hope they walk into that church and they finally say, this is the church I want to be at home, and they walk to one of their leaders and say, you know what? I want to serve. I want to serve. I want to serve. And I, I hope they say, what church did you go to? Oh, I went to Destiny Church, man. My parents taught me to serve there a long time ago. And I want to be involved here as well. Having them in the house of the Lord, having them as much as possible, I don't know if, Pastor, I, don't, I think your kids should be able to choose whether or not they come to church. Listen, I, I, don't, I don't agree with that. I don't agree with that. Would you let your kids choose whether or not they want to, get to go to school during the school year? No. You know they need to go. And sometimes you've got to say, you know what, we're going. We're going. I don't want to go. It's all right. We're going anyway. Get up. I'll drag you in there, bedhead and all, but you're going to church. Let's go. Set the standard. We're going to be faithful. We're going to be faithful. We're going to serve. Setting our kids up for blessing. So many more we could touch on today. I'm going to ask for musicians to come. That's all I want to do today, though. I want, I want to pray for all the dads of the house, all the men of the house. I want you all to join me and stand this morning. I'm going to invite. I want all the dads to come forward. I want all the men, young men as well, come forward today and join me in the front, man. We want, we want to pray for you and just speak life over you today. What do you think, ladies? Good, good group of guys right here. Come on, give me a big hand. Scootling into the front, guys. Make room for those coming in behind you. Here in just a minute, the, some of the guys and the staff are going to begin to go around and lay hands on you, just pray blessing over you. We want, we want to speak blessing over you. Listen, we believe in you. Guys, listen to me. We believe in you. As fathers, we believe in you. As young men, we believe in you. As grandfathers, we believe in you. Some of you here today say, man, I wish that I had this message, Pastor, when I was younger. But now my kids are older. Well, listen, it's never too late to do the right thing. It's never too late to help speak into the next generation. And so I want you just to begin to say today, God, I, I want to be committed to blessing my kids. God, I want to be committed to investing into them the things that are going to last. And today, the staff's going to come. They're going to lay hands on you, either in front of you or behind you. But, man, we see greatness in you. We call out the things of God in you today, and we want to pray over you today. As we sing this course, we're going to lay hands on you and pray over you today. Come on, lift your hands up today. We want to lift the Lord and praise the God and give our lives. and daughters of the King. Thank you, Father.
Lord, guys. Raise your hands one more time. I want to pray with your Father in the name of Jesus. In fact, I want you to join the hands. Guys, please join the hands the person next to you. Let's pray one for another, guys. We did the first service. What a powerful time. Let's pray for each other today. Listen, guys. Arms of brothers, man. We need that. We need to be praying for each other. So let's do that right now. Father, in the name of Jesus, God, we pray for our brother to the right. God, we speak blessing over him. God, empower him. God, to be the man of God you call him to be. To be the father of God you call him to be. God, we pray right now that God blessing will flow out of his words, out of his touch. That God, you will allow them, Lord, to learn what it means to bless their children, to be a blessing to those around them. Father, in the name of Jesus, now we pray for the person on your left. Father, right now, we pray for that other brother on our left right now. God, that you would bless them. God, you would lift them up. God, being a man's a hard thing. God, a lot of stress, a lot of things and pressures. But God, I pray right now that all the men in this room feel like, God, they're not walking alone. But God, when they honor you, you're going to honor them. And you're going to lead them, God, with strength. You're going to lead them with wisdom. You're going to give them patience. You're going to give them wisdom beyond their years. And Father, I thank you today, God, for teaching us what it means to bless our children. And we speak over our brothers in arms today, and we say together, amen, amen. Come on, you got to hang that. We see that word today. Are you guys ready to bless your children? Are you ready to be a blessing? I believe that you are. Man, I love every one of you guys. I see great things in every one of you. I just want to call those great things out. Man, I love you very, very much, guys. Thank you so much for being here today. You guys enjoy the rest of your day with your family or whoever you're spending it with. And God bless you. You guys have a great afternoon.